0: It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Chris Olave.
1: This man has produced despite non-ideal circumstances, <laughs> right over the yeah. uh, over the last over the last 2 weeks. So with him in the concussion protocol now, I'm trying to buy. He got it done without Jameis Winston. um, And he got it like over the last two weeks. He caught a touchdown each of the last two weeks. So he has way more upside than what he's shown over the past couple weeks. He is the wide receiver one in New Orleans, even when Michael Thomas comes back. He ended up running a route on only 60% of dropbacks this past week because of that concussion that he suffered. He still ended the game with a 25% target share. Here are his target shares over his last four games 34%, 34%, 26%, 25%. Air yards, 63%, 40%, 45%, 40%. Are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like he leads the NFL in air yards right now. He's the current wide receiver, 14. And when Jameis is back, we're going to see some big plays out of this guy. And he's he's set for a monster season coming up. And I think, you know, I don't think people realize that he's a wide receiver 14 on the season. Like, he's somebody that yep. you have to start every single week. And I've been seeing a lot of start-sick questions around Chris Olave. He should be in your lineup, lots and loaded.
0: Yeah, that's a 100% my takeaway, you know, with Chris Olave. He is easily, you know, if you drafted him late, you know, you probably didn't expect to be able to start him as a wide receiver one or two. But you could probably start in a, in a bad spot. You know, you could probably have Chris Olave as a wide receiver one. And I'm ecstatic if he's my wide receiver two. He has produced with michael thomas on the field without michael thomas on the field he has produced with jarvis landry on the field without jarvis landry on the field he is productive regardless of who he's playing against so you can't really say oh he's benefiting from coverage being drawn off of him no he was going up he was the wide receiver one in new orleans the past two weeks and he still got it done he is in the concussion protocol we're not sure how long he's going to be out but it shouldn't be too long concussions don't tend to be that long um unless there's like they're really severe but that doesn't seem to be the case here there's a chance that he could be back like as soon as this week, I'm not sure, but um, I, I like Chris Olave definitely as a buy. If you haven't bought him yet already, you know, the price is only going to continue to go up as he continues to show out because usually, especially with rookie receivers, you see any type of inconsistency in an offense um, that tends to skew their production down, but he's defying that. He's had James Winston at quarterback and he's had Andy Dalton at quarterback. And then he's also dealing with, you know, turnover, wide receiver, who he's playing against with um, on the perimeter, you know, Michael Thomas in and out of the lineup, Jarvis Landry there and not. Despite all that, he's producing. He's been very consistent, and that's exactly what you're looking for. If you you drafted him, you know, you're feeling good. You should definitely go get him right now before his production takes him up to a new height in terms of value.
1: Yeah, man. When Jameis Winslet comes back, he's going to be looking for him downfield even more. Right. That air, the air yard share is going to go up. He yeah, had the air yards with Andy Dalton too, um, so he's going to be targeted all 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 around the field. Also, if you look at reception perception, Matt Harmon's, you know, wide receiver chart charting model, um, he basically charted Michael Thomas this year in his return and, you know, mentioned that he's not the same Michael Thomas as we saw a few years ago. So uh, and Chris Olave is looking like the guy uh, who is the most talented receiver there uh, from a, you know, from a separation standpoint and all that and just a route win standpoint, you know, opposed to like, you know, in terms of trying to find the empty spot in the zone and uh in man and press coverage. So, all right. Is looking good for Chris Olave moving forward. If you are looking for a high-end running back, one guy I like is Joe Mixon. You can blame the offensive line, you can Blake Zach, you can blame Zach Taylor, you know, you can blame all those guys and everybody deserves some, you know, blame here, including Joe Mixon. Uh, you know, even his yards after contact number, not good. Not good at all. Yeah. Really low. However, I, I don't see his opportunity going away. He has some of the highest weighted opportunity numbers in the NFL among running backs. And let me just explain what weighted opportunity is real quick. Instead of just adding up your the number of carries and number of targets, since targets are worth about two and a half times more than a carry, you add up that target number with the number of carries. Uh, and since he's being you know heavily used in both the run and the pass game, he's due for some fantasy points, right? He's only scored one touchdown this year. Uh, He has had a bunch of attempts inside the 10-yard line this year, and those attempts are also worth more than regular attempts uh, as it correlates to fantasy points. So, you know, he's – and, you know, as you can see here, like he's leading all running backs in touches right now. So, uh, you know, he's in a situation where the opportunity is going to be there, and I would – and I would assume – that, you know, he starts to get right, starts scoring some touchdowns. This whole offense is kind of like not looking the same. Um, so as his offense kind of finds its footing, uh, so will Joe Mixon.
0: Yeah, it's weird to see that he hasn't produced, you know, with all this workload that he's getting because the issue last season wasn't his talent and his production. It was that he wasn't getting the workload. You know, he was coming off the field on third down. He was coming off the field for some reason inexplicably for P. Ryan. Um, this season, he's really getting that full complement of work, you know, run game and pass game. And the production just hasn't been there. Like you said, one touchdown this whole season. And it's not like the Bengals have been out of games where they aren't competitive or they have to go away from the run game or they have to go away from using running backs. Like he's getting this utilization in every game. Every game is close. There's no reason for his production to be this low. I don't think it's a talent issue. Like we said, um, I think he's very good running back um his number his workload is definitely that of a high-end rb1 we just need to see the production follow i'm betting on that to happen more than i'm betting on it to not happen i think that makes him a buy uh definitely right now and especially you probably have some disgruntled joe mixon owners because outside of that one touchdown and that seven catch game earlier on that really buoyed his uh production the past the uh, the other three games 11 points six points 11 points you know, really low output. You could really, you could leverage that and get yourself a high-end RB one if you could just bring those production numbers up, just even a little bit.
1: Now, if you can't get Joe Mixon, just real quick before we get into some sales, we talked at length about Kenneth Walker, right this week already. Uh, but I think I'd even buy him. You know, before he starts going off. You know, I'm a fan of his talent, yeah. and I'm fan, and I'm a fan of that situation right now so like you know kenneth walker we talked about him a whole lot we don't not, we don't have to get into it um if you want to know more listen to yesterday's podcast listen to the podcast before that on monday um but yeah i think before he starts going off i think i would try to target him in trades um especially if you lost you know a bunch of these running backs that got hurt recently
0: yeah and with kenneth walker you know if you're going to target him target him as soon as possible because as soon as he has that blow up game his his value is going to shoot even higher than it is right now. Obviously, it's high right now, but people there's that uncertainty yet about how he's going to look, what his workload is going to look like. Take advantage of that if you're really in a bad spot of running back. It's still going to be – his price is going to be high, but it's still going to be cheaper, I think, than Joe Mixon. And you're right. You could target Kenneth Walker. Yeah. He has upside. Don't let him run away. Um, don't let him get away if you're in need of a running back because his if he produces well, you know you're going to be kicking yourself that you didn't get him when his price, even though it might have been a little bit higher than you'd like it's going to be out of reach completely if he has a good game this weekend. Yep, for sure. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting.
1: Go to your happy place for a happy price Go to your happy price price line Let's move into some sells. Mike Williams is my number one sell this week. Uh, he's come through without Keenan Allen in the lineup three games of him balling out this year. Uh, we know the talent is there but the usage is usually very up and down especially with Keenan Allen in the lineup. Uh, he's gonna have his blow up games too with Keenan Allen. However, this is a great opportunity. To get a high end player back in a trade who's going to be more consistent, who has upside as well, but you know, has you know, is the type of player that can get it done. It doesn't have to depend on you know, a situation like Keenan Allen coming back, you know, for them to continue to have a high chance at giving you a huge game.
0: Yeah, with Mike Williams, you know, he's a very good receiver, there's no Denying that and he has Justin Herbert going to him, but he's been very inconsistent when Keenan Allen is on the field, like you said. Um, he's he's been great for you these past few weeks, obviously. You know, if you had Mike Williams, he's very nice, he's a very nice asset to have without Keenan Allen in the lineup. Um, but once Keenan Allen comes back, you know, I, I view Mike Williams very much as a boom bust and almost close to what I view Gabe Davis as. You know, <laughs> Mike Williams, he does garner a few more targets a game. Uh, He's a little bit better in that sense than Gabe Davis, but the boom bust, you know, whether he's going to hit or not, you do have to worry about um, that floor being pretty low. Right now his floor is high because Keenan Allen is out. And I've always been one to kind of err on the side of, you know, Keenan Allen being the guy over Mike Williams. And that's the way it is. Some people think Mike Williams um, could be the guy, but anytime Keenan Allen comes back, Mike Williams kind of disappears. So I, I think that this is the perfect time and really the only time to offload him at a high value. Otherwise, you're going to be stuck with just like a boom-bust type value moving forward, and that that doesn't buy much.
1: Yeah, and I've, I've been using this uh, new data analytics tool called Preciser that kind of does a lot uh, of analytics and a lot of predictions, um, and, and, and the predictions have been looking pretty good so far. Uh, but they do have Allen back this week, and they have Mike Williams at 69 yards receiving, which is solid. Um, with a decent chance of scoring a touchdown. Uh, but, you know, with Allen back, if he plays that full-time role, that might be what we're looking at, at, at as his ceiling this week. Yeah. Okay. All right, moving on to Dalvin Cook. Listen, you don't have to sell Dalvin Cook, okay? He'll be fine. However, he is in a committee right now with Alexander Madison. Um, It started in week four, but his snaps – and route participation both went down even further in Week 5. He only played on 57% of snaps in Week 5. 39% route participation, that is not high enough at all if you're going to want to depend on a running back in the past game. It should be around 60 65%. Um, he's supposed to be a big player running back too. That's what you're depending on. That's the one thing we were holding on to from last season despite his yards after contact and his yards per route run being down. He's not doing that this, this year. Um, he's last among all running backs this year with 80 or more carries he's last in um 15 plus yard rush rate right yeah that and you look at the injury history and you look at his shoulder issue right now you know potential chance of it aggravating i'm just like i'm going to take advantage of this two touchdown day that he just had that you know justin jefferson set up for him both of them yeah, I'm going to take advantage of that and, and try to trade up. Maybe, you know, tra- maybe use him and another piece to get like Saquon or use him and another piece to get somebody else. Like and I don't know, I, I kind of feel like this is an opportunity that I want to take advantage of this week.
0: Yeah. And this kind of reminds me of the way we're talking about, you know, James Robinson a couple of weeks ago. You know, it's not necessarily that he's not going to continue to produce, you know, but his value you know he just had a 26 point game ppr point game you know it's much closer right now to the rb1 status that we had him at going into the season than it has been this whole season you know he's been relatively quiet in terms of fantasy production up until this point it's not that he's gonna not going to continue to produce dalvin cook is a very good running back but like you said with his uh, performance being up i think you also look at the vikings offense you know they're very pass heavy at this point. You know Justin Jefferson is the, now the focal point, where Dalvin Cook may have before been a larger part of the offense. He's kind of become complementary to the passing game, and that's not to say that he can't produce. But like you said, he's coming off the field a little bit more often than we'd like to be the RB one that we want him to be. I think that this is where you capitalize on a strong performance, and you know it's not like people are doubting Dalvin Cook. They're not going to say that he's not a good, talented running back. So I think you could capitalize on that. And go get yourself another bonafide fide star, even if it takes trading a guy that you know you have on your roster. He might be a little bit better. I think you th- you throw one player, maybe two players in with Dalvin Cook, you could get a very good play. Like you said, Saquon, um, even CMC. You know, I- I'd look and see if you can maybe uh, swap them two out. Um, it-, it could end up working for you because Christian McCaffrey seems to be the only thing working for the Panthers' offense right now. Hundred
1: percent. Hundred percent. All right, Jeff Wilson, somebody that I'm looking to sell right now, and you know he still got his carries last week, but if you look at the overall rushing share of the pie, his rushing share actually went down to only fifty six percent. Whereas over the past couple of weeks, it's been much higher. Uh, Tevin yeah. Coleman, uh, he was introduced to spell him early in this game. He had four touches in the first quarter alone. <laughs> he caught a touchdown right and he had a 30-yard catch just in the first quarter um so like wilson you know he ended up still doing well right he ended up scoring a touchdown and this was his spike week right this week yeah. you know over the past couple of weeks before that you know he's been solid you know 10 11 12 points in PPR this week you know getting that, getting a little bit of a spike game getting closer to 20 i'm taking advantage of that right now before mitchell comes back uh tyrion davis price he also might start practicing this week they release Marlon Mack, so it's possible that TDP is back this week. That could be an indication that that's the case. Um, he might come back this week against Atlanta, uh, and and you know I, I, I'm, I talked about Preciser before. They do have these running backs sharing the load with Jeff Wilson this week, uh, if TDP is in fact back, and also if, um, and also assuming that Tevin Coleman is going to be continue continue to be in the lineup, they have Jeff Wilson's projection at only fifty yards on the ground this week. So it'll be interesting to see uh what that rotation ends up looking like um you know both from tdp and or tevin coleman in week six
0: yeah it seems like you know tevin coleman just comes in to ruin people's fancy days and just suddenly have a big game <laughs> you know that that's been his role for the, for the record
1: for the record yes he's been has been his role his whole career and for the record he did that last year against you know with the jets and michael carter yeah just one yeah, two.
0: 100%. Yes, so it, this is nothing new when you look at Tevin Coleman, you know, barging into a backfield and taking snaps and production from other guys that we had slated for more work. Uh, Jeff Wilson, you know, the whole 49ers backfield is something that I'm trying to avoid. You know, I've, I have I avoided um, since Elijah Mitchell went down. And, you know, you were capitalizing on Jeff Wilson kind of being the lead guy in in relief of Elijah Mitchell. But as he's going to come back, you know, it's still a little while out. I don't know how many. We might be still a week or two out. So I, I, heard,
1: I heard a cu- I heard a couple of reports. I heard that he could be back like week 10-ish. I think they have a week 9 by, if I'm not mistaken. And then the week maybe he'll be back week 10. I also heard that there's a chance that he's back in week 8. That's yeah. a possibility too. So that means potentially only one or two more weeks. So, you know, there's a couple couple ranges there. However, I mean, there is a range there. Uh, but it's like, it's a situation where like, do you want to wait until Jeff Wilson turns into a pumpkin or do you want to kind of take advantage of that now?
0: That's what I'm talking about. So Elijah Mitchell's return is still, you know, out in the distance. It's not perfectly visible to people, you know, just yet fancy managers just yet. So I would take advantage and kind of just drop Jeff Wilson off now before people are like, Oh, well I could get Jeff Wilson, but Elijah Mitchell's going to be back next week. You don't want to wait for that. Get rid of him now. You know, it's not that he had a bad week. It's not that he's been p- producing poorly for you. We said he's had that nice floor for you each and every week. But um, you know, th- this is the time to get rid of him. Otherwise, you're gonna kind of be left having him sit on your bench. Instead of having being able to trade him for maybe another piece that's gonna carry you into the playoffs, you could be left sitting with Jeff Wilson as just a bench handcuff. Um, it's about, you know, taking that value that I have right now and maximizing it. If you just don't take your hands off jeff wilson if you can't get a trade partner it's not bad you're just going to be left with um a handcuff at that point um it's not to say he can't appreciate back to where he is right now if elijah mitchell goes down which we know is very well within the realm of possibility but um you you want to get jeff wilson off now before he uh he loses too much value